Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. James Huey arrives late tonight. Doe Jones arrives later on. And uh, if you don't know who that is, you'll never be able to forget her name after the conference. She's a young lady who's a Grammy Award winner. And um, she wasn't actually on our original list to come, but we met her along with Bishop Hooks, who's like her second dad or something. And uh, her father's on our staff down in Dallas, Texas, Kim and DeWitt Jones, Forever Jones. You might know the, the, the band Forever Jones. So Doe Jones, I think, is their youngest daughter. And uh, she showed up at a conference in Kentucky that I was at. And uh, when she showed up, Bishop Hooks says, she has to sing. She must sing. So we talked to the pastor and said, would, would it be all right? And he said, okay. When she sang, she ripped the roof straight off the church. And the power of God hit the place. I have no doubt the same thing will be happening. You don't want to miss what takes place this weekend. Again, it's closed. The evenings are open, first come, first serve. So, you know, we'll put more chairs in. We'll do what we can. But it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Our youth are lined up on Sunday night to have the power of God to come down. Eagle River. Where's all the Eagle Riverians? Eagle River. Eagle River will have its own full-blown power conference next year. But this year it's like a partial power conference, but not partial in power. So they're not having the Monday and, uh, or the Saturday, but we're sending guests over there, and it's going to be amazing. God's been ca- causing your church to explode, and we're so excited about it. They need another building. Would you keep that in prayer? Anyway, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 28. Uh, I have here a preliminary handout that as soon as we finish with our, our um, the rest of them, we'll, we'll get those to you. are taking a trip. Uh, so long as the Lord doesn't return before the time comes. Taking a trip to Israel in uh, October. And so if you're interested in that, we can tell you more about it. We'll be giving you information. Isaiah chapter 28. No. Go to uh, Zeke. Ezekiel. Ezekiel 34, and if you'd stand up, please. Let's read the word. Find verse 26. Are you ready? I will make them and the places all around my hill. Everybody say my hill. My hill, a blessing. And I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing. Then the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase. They shall be safe in their land, and they shall know that I am the Lord. When I've broken the bands of their yoke, and deliver them from the hand of those who enslaved them. And they shall no longer be prey for the nations, nor shall the beasts of the land devour them. But they shall dwell in safety. Everybody say safety. And no one shall make them afraid. I will raise up for them a garden of renown. 
And they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land, nor bear the shame of the Gentiles anymore. Thus they shall know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them, and they, the house of Israel, are my people, says the Lord God. Verse 31, you are my flock, the flock of my pasture. You are men, and I am your God, says the Lord your God. Father, thank you. Move in great power. In Jesus' name, amen. We'd encourage you, you, to, you may be seated, we'd encourage you to take notes. I have uh, distinctly sensed since the time of fast and even before that, a shift, something shifted yet again. And I heard people wiser, smarter, and older than I say that revival, there's an ebb and flow of revival. Now, I'll just tell you, my personality is like, that's not true. It's always on the rise. And that's my heart. I desire to go to another level and another level and another level. And yet, as I look back over the 20-plus years of pastoring, I have to admit that maybe there is an ebb and flow. Now, I'm not sure why all that is. I'm sure it has to do with our hunger or lack thereof. I'm sure God draws near when we draw near to him. James says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So I know that there's a place when we posture our heart and we get hungry that he comes in response to the hunger that we have. So if you're not hungry, you know, it, it shuts down the move of the Spirit. One of the things that, that you all are known for, whether you realize it or not, here at King's, is that you guys are hungry. Every pastor, that, that we've got pastors that pastor churches of thousands of people and come and preach here. Every guest I ever have here, they all say the same thing. Man, that is the greatest place to preach. And the reason is, is that people are hungry and thirsty in Alaska. But it's not just Alaska. It's Baltimore. It's New York. It's Arizona. It's Brazil. It's, it's Ohio. In Cleveland, they're hungry for God. Come on, Pastor Vince. In New York, they're hungry. People are desperate for a move of God. Now, the text that I was going to read that I didn't, that I'll now reference, Isaiah 28, talks about how God wants to visit his people, but they're intoxicated. They're intoxicated, and he can't, they're missing what God wants to do because they're drunk. And he talks about with the stammering lips. Paul references that in 1 Corinthians 14. It's, it's a reference in Isaiah about the baptism and the fire of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit being poured out and people praying with other tongues, a sign of tongues. It's amazing. So people are hungry, people are thirsty, but there's also a whole group of people that are intoxicated. And if you're intoxicated with the world, you're intoxicated with lust, you're intoxicated with sex, children's church is on the other side. That's not here. If you're intoxicated with those things, you will miss what's happening. Now, I want to say that I have, 
I'm seeing, again, another wave of unprecedented miracles of provision, miracles of breakthrough, miracles of healing. I'm seeing miracles more than usual. We always see miracles because God shows up and he stands over his word to see it performed. We have more people fasting or more people that have gone through a 40-day fast. I mean, some even full liquid 40-day fast. Man, you gotta, you gotta be burdened and anointed by the Lord to do a 40-day liquid fast. We've had people go, go through that, people just seeking God. Prayer is at fever pitch and growing. I believe that we're crossed over into the word of Dr. James Morocco for the year 2021, fulfilled. I'm, gonna, I'm going to start a series, not this weekend, but the weekend after, on fulfillment and being fulfilled. How many of you have prophetic words? I, I have so many prophetic words. Like, I think some of them might have to, I, I, and it doesn't contradict theologically. I don't know what you think, doctor, but I've got a stack of prophetic words. I think it might go into the millennial reign. I've got prophetic words. Like, uh, seriously, how are they all going to come to pass? And some of them might actually be in the, maybe like after, how many of you know, this is just an internship. You're passing through. You're not going to be here forever. One day you're going to die. Rigor mortis will set in. Bump your neighbor and see if rigor mortis is set in now. Bump your neighbor. <laughs> One day we're going to die, but, but we're going to live forever. You're but where you live depends upon whether you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if you haven't done that, we're going to give you an opportunity at the close of this service, which will be at some point today or tomorrow. <laughs> Come on, lift your hands to heaven while I try to remember what I'm talking about. Holy Spirit. Let's talk about prophetic words, millennial reign. You got to be careful how you say that word. Shift. Shift happens. Some of you aren't laughing. Some of you need a change. Don't. You guys thought I said something else. You need to adjust your heart. There's something wrong with you. There's a great shift. And our nation needs one. By the way, if you're offended by that, Pastor Bruno told me to say that. And uh, you can just talk with him after the service. His number is 907-555-1212. Okay. We need a change. People are hungry and thirsty. The power of the Lord is being put on display. We've seen things shifted in an amazing way. Fulfillment. Fulfilled. Come on, somebody say, it will be fulfilled. Say it again. It will be fulfilled. The text that we read at Ezekiel 34, why some of you are still trying to get a hold of what I just said. You're just so offended. But you have no problem drinking a six-pack and watching a rated R movie but by the fact that I said shift happens, you're like, did he actually just say? I'm not looking at Pastor Karen. That would be a big mistake right now. You just look over your head. <laughs> Isaiah 28, if you look at it, is a chapter of contrast. But it's talking about, and turn to Joel now. It's talking about 
They're intoxicated, so they missed a move of God. So what are you saying? There's a great change. There's a great shift. There's a great fulfillment that we're moving into in 2021. But you'll have people that never get it. They're not going to get it. They're, they will miss out because they're stuck. They're intoxicated. And you can be intoxicated with the world. You can be, you can be intoxicated with anything. I've seen people at the gym. They're intoxicated with working out. That's like all they think about. If you go and look on their Instagram, it's constantly pictures of, of people working out and supplements and everything. All that they work out, oh, my workout, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm into training, I like that, but it doesn't consume me. Don't let stuff consume you. Don't become intoxicated by anything. In the words of Dr. Morocco, don't be enamored by anything except God. We were looking at buildings years ago, Joel too. You're going there. We are looking at building years ago, and man, we really liked the building we were looking at for a church. I said, oh, it'd be perfect. Oh, man, come on. And I remember Dr. Morocco leaned over and said, Daniel. I said, yeah. He said, don't be enamored by anything. It's just a building. It's no big deal. It's all kinds of buildings. <laughs> okay. You know, that's what car salesmen do. They show you the shiny and the bling, and they show you the car. And the motor. And they talk you into it. Oh, I guess my fly's down. I'm better. Thank you. You're awesome. You guys are terrible sign language. That's terrible. That's like a preacher's nightmare. You're supposed to do it discreetly, like when you come over here and you're like, zip, and then you're like. <laughs> but I figured, I've never, I've never actually just gone ahead and said, oh, my fly's down. Some of you are really paying attention tonight. My God. Let's have a praise break. Lift your hands. Come on, my fly's up now. Quit looking. Come on, lift your hands. Some of you need to check your fly spiritually. tonight you can be set free come on somebody say oh set free God. I'm in trouble let's get back in the word amen welcome to kings what did I say Joel Joel 2. Uh, can't remember. Joel 2, verse uh, 21. Fear not. Come on, say that. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord has done marvelous things. Verse 22. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field. For the open pastures are springing up, and the tree bears its fruit. 
The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he gives you the former rain faithfully. And he will cause the rain to come down on you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years. God. The years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, consuming locust, the chewing locust. My great army, I said among you. You shall eat plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God. Who has dwelt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God. And there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward. That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And also on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. We are living in Joel 2 times, the outpouring of the spirit. I do believe that the change and the shift, the fulfillment, the abundance, this is a passage of abundance, a passage of restoration, verse 25. I do believe all of that is taking place now. I have people texting me on a daily basis, calling me and telling me my grandfather got healed of cancer, the breakthrough came, the person that stole the money gave it back over and over and over and over. Something has happened, something has changed. Not for everybody. I wish it was for everybody, but for the intoxicated, things have not changed. And there will be people that continue to go on into their intoxication. And I'm not just talking about alcohol or cannabis or, dr or other drugs. I'm talking about you can be intoxicated with work. You can be intoxicated with money. You can be intoxicated with anything. And it can become an idol. I have a game on my phone. Nice. Father, we pray for Pastor Karen that you would help her as she deals with Pastor Daniel. Yeah, you'd help her. So I have a game on my phone, and um, I've been playing it. But it's a game that increases your mental capacity, except I don't think it's true. I don't think it works. And I find myself wanting, and so like the caveat is it's a game, but it increases your mental capacity, improves your brain power, you know, your ability to remember stuff and all that. But I don't think it's true. I don't think it's working. <laughs> and so many people, you can be intoxicated by a game. You can be intoxicated by an app. You can be intoxicated by basketball. I, I pulled my fly up. We're good. All right. You can be intoxicated by anything. 
God doesn't want you intoxicated and missing out on the depth of relationship that'll bring restoration, it'll bring abundance, it'll bring breakthrough. You were created, you were created, knit together in your mother's womb. Why? So that you could be a carrier of God's power, so that he could use you as a peculiar display of his grace. But many people are being used as a peculiar display of hell and bondage and addiction and suffering. And it's not that there's not suffering. There is. You will suffer. You will go through persecution. Somebody said, it's hard to be a Christian. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says hard is the way of the transgressor. That's what my Bible says. And I know what hard is. We're going through challenges and we're overcoming. There's walls. There's obstacles. We run through them or jump over them. And God brings abundance. God brings breakthrough. It'll come to pass afterward. When you go back and look at what the afterward is, it's after you rend your heart and not your garments. It's after you have a prayer meeting and you fast and you, you, you wail and you mourn and you press in. You draw near to him, he draws near to you, and then bam! Power, fire, restoration, shift, change, outpouring, abundance, healing. And many people don't experience that. I'm telling you, we are entered in to a remarkable move of the Spirit of God in 2021. It is going to be your best year. Say it. It's going to be my best year. Say it again like you mean it. It's going to be my best year. Say it again. It's going to be my best year. Your best year ever. Come on, somebody say amen. Abundance, verse 24. Restoration, verse 25. Oh, I love 26. You'll eat plenty and be satisfied. You know, I found that nothing truly satisfies but the Lord. Nothing. Money doesn't. New car doesn't. New truck doesn't. Food doesn't. Shame will be broken. Verse 26. Shame. My wife is saying, we don't do shame in this household. I said, that's right, we only do guilt. (laughs) We don't do guilt either. Shame is not from God. Guilt is not from God. Conviction is from the Lord. Guilt and conviction are different. Guilt is like you feel bad for doing something. Conviction, you feel bad, but it's to draw you to repentance, and then you let it go. You don't hold that thing. Some of you have been holding stuff. I was witnessing to somebody recently in an undisclosed location. It was very hot. (laughs) While I was there, (laughs) very hot. Limited amount of time you can talk about things. So while while we were talking, I asked him, because he's a believer. I know he's a believer. So I asked him, I said, so he... You, you serving God? Oh, yeah, 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 I love Jesus. I'm right, right. Well, so if you die right now, are you going to heaven? That's my next question. And he says, I said, you hesitated. You're hesitating right now. He says, yeah, well, you know, I got some stuff. I said, you need to get rid of what that is. He said, well, you know, I mean, like we all mess up. I said, no, 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 hold on a second. How many of you know we all stumble in many ways? Come on, 
times of refreshing will come, Acts chapter 2, which relates to this text right here. Repentance brings times of refreshing. I truly believe we're entered into something new because we've all repented. Repentance is something that you do as a lifestyle. It's not a one-time thing. Oh, yeah, I gave my heart to Jesus. I repented, and it's all good. No, it's not all good. You were a jerk today. You were mean to your spouse. You were mean to your kids. You tried to control them with anger instead of teach them and train them the right way. (laughs) Father, we pray for our dear brother, God, that you'd help him now. Love your haircut. Awesome. Repentance is something that you do as a lifestyle. I'm always repenting. Anybody else? I don't know, as a husband, I feel like I'm always the one that has to repent first. Is that just because we're men and we see it that way, or is that actually true? Let's move on. Amen? Let's move on. Let's keep going. Praise God. Pastor Karen's not here. Let's stay there. Let's keep talking about that. Wonderful. Does anybody feel like you have to, I'm always the one to say sorry first. I'm always the one. There's one honest man. Give me, there's two, three. Hands are going up everywhere. Come on, Jerry. Because the leader of the house ought to repent first. That's why. And again, it might be a perception thing, or maybe it's not true. Maybe we mess up more than the... That's probably true. Amen. That's a good redemptive phrase right there. We see people reaching in their purses to pull out their 22s or whatever they got. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. It's a season of change. It's a season of fulfillment. The season of outpouring. Things have changed. It's not 2020. Not, it's not 2020 anymore. COVID-19 is from 19. It's 2021. We curse that thing right now. I curse the work of COVID-19 and all variants. In Jesus' name, you foul thing. Loose your hold from people on vents. I think there's 10 people on vents in the state right now. We pray healing on everyone. Lord, we pray healing on my friend Arturo, God, in, in California. Heal him now. Do a miracle now, our friends in, in Kentucky and in Louisville. God, heal them now. Come on, how many of you know somebody needs healing from, from COVID-19? We pray right now, complete healing in the name of Jesus. So the guy in that very hot place that I was talking to about the Lord, he had this idea that because he was, you know, not so nice, that his salvation is now in danger. Now, I've said before, we are more Armenian than we are Calvinist. So we do believe you can lose your salvation. You see in Scripture, if you continue, you see different places. But I don't think it's like, I heard somebody say to me, okay, Pastor Daniel, so if you can lose your salvation, then what sin is it that causes you to lose your salvation? So there you are, and you lust after that girl, or you lust after that guy who's riding that bike. Was that the sin? And I... My answer to that is, I don't think it's like that. I think it's a gradual cooling and a turning away. He said, well, I don't believe that. Well, then you don't believe the Bible because the Bible says there's a great apostasy coming. There's a great falling away coming. There's people who, say, who love the Lord. They're born again. And the Bible says that they're, they're going to fall away. They're going to turn. The, it's called the apostasy. That's going to happen. Where are you going to be? 
Because if you're intoxicated with the world and you've got your fly down spiritually and you don't, you don't really serve God with all your heart, you're a part-time worshiper and you're intoxicated with stuff, when that hour comes, you won't even know it's here. And I'm telling you, we are closer to the end than when we first believed. And God is going to set his church on fire and there's going to be a release of his power. There's going to be abundance and satisfaction and provision and the blessings of God. Can you say amen? Holy Spirit being poured out. Go to Ezekiel now, 34. We'll finish with this, perhaps. Showers of blessing. Ezekiel 34. The first thing you need to see, which is profound to me. I will make them in the places around my hill. A blessing. Everybody say, my hill. What hill is that? It's Mount Zion. It's talking specifically about the temple. It's talking specifically about the place that that they would gather to worship. Now, what does that mean for us as New Testament believers? I'll tell you what it means. My hill is a direct relation to the church. That's what it's a direct relation to. And what I've seen in these recent weeks is this transformation, breakthrough in power, coming to people who were connected to the hill, connected to the house, connected to the church. Not fly-by-night gadabouts, but people that are connected to the church, people that have got depth of relationship. And what happened for Pastor Karen and I we were in Maui, and you got to know that when we were there, it's not like we went to Maui, and we just lo- you know, love going to Maui and the beaches and everything. We got saved there. We got discipled there. We got engaged there. We got married there. All my kids have been dedicated to the Lord in that pulpit there. Dr. Morocco's my pastor from way back when, 25, even longer than that year, since 1992. It's almost 30 years. 30 years. That's my house, man. That's my, when I go back there, I can't tell you, I can point to the different places in the carpet where I got wrecked, where I got healed, where my broken, I mean, I've got so many testimonies in that place. I walk in, I'm like, oh God, you know, that's what this is going to be like on the hill for, for us. You'll have testimonies, your kids will get married there. Come on, we're going to finish that building. Someone say amen. Thousands of people come to the Lord. So I walk around that church and it's overwhelming at times because of the amount of stories I have all over the building. And so it was this one night, Pastor Alex, our beloved Pastor Alex, along with Pastor uh, Lehu, Grace, Pastor Grace, leading worship. Service was over, power God, awesome. Jonathan Shuttlesworth preached to paint off the walls. It was amazing and everybody left which was a common thing for us. People would just leave, but Pastor Karen and I, we had our best dates in that building. We would just pray and soak in God's presence. We'd be piled up on the altar, man, weeping and crying and, and, and just getting ministered to, getting changed, getting transformed. So this one night, just, just a few weeks ago, Pastor Karen and I were up front and the power of God came down. Oh, I'm telling you, seven-eighths of the church had already left. But there was, you know, and, and they had to go, I guess. You had stuff, they got school. I understand. I understand time, and I want to be sensitive to it. I understand that. 
But we didn't, we didn't have to, the first time in 20-something years, our children were grown, and Hannah's going to graduate from school, and Daniel's able to take care of himself, so it was Pastor Karen and I all up front, just going after God like we did when we were in our 20s, with no distractions. And God fell on us for 45 minutes. And all we could do was weep. Pastor Karen was following two gurus. I'm, this is not a joke. Now, I know you're used to me taking jokes right now, but I'm not going to make a joke right now. She was following two spiritual teachers that were filled with demons. She sold everything to follow these two teachers and move to Hawaii. Then she met me. The first time I brought her to church, she got saved. Day one. Day one. First time in the church, she gave her heart to Christ. Rodney Howard Brown was a guest speaker. And we never left. We never left. And somehow God loved me enough to give you to me as my wife. Your turn. <laughs> when the power of God was coming on us, I sensed a profound breakthrough. Listen, this is before we were, our funding has a couple hurdles. Don't stop praying, but it's, it's mostly done, but it's not done until that thing hits the bank. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. All right, why did I tell you? Somebody said you should never tell a testament before it's actually happened. In this case, I figure I'm going to tell you so you pray for the love of God. The devil's nervous about that building being finished so we can move into it. It's going to happen. Come on, somebody say amen. And I felt this great shift. And then all of a sudden, things start dropping in place all over. And it's just the beginning. You can get in on it. I've had people say this to me and to Pastor Karen also in these recent, recent days. In fact, it's happened so many times I realized it was one of those indicators from the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just people telling us. It was so many people telling us that the Lord is saying, I'm saying something right now. I've had people say to me, I've been going to church for 10 years. I've heard this more than once just over the past two weeks. I've been going to church for 10 years. I've been here for six months and I have had more transformation, more breakthrough. And I understand, and I understand the word applied to my life. In 10 years, I never understood some of the stuff. And now I'm here. How is that? How is that happening? I bet other people tell me, man, I used to, I was going over here and I was in another state and I, and I just never felt God's presence. I never felt God's power. What is going on? I got my prayer language. I've been in church for 15 years. There's another one we heard. I had somebody else tell me in morning prayer this morning and you might be here and you'll know I'm talking about you. And they said to me, you know, I was on the job and one of, the, one of the co-workers came and said, hey, do you have a second? And I said, yeah. And so we walked in a side room, and he began to tell me of the brokenness of his family and someone who needs a miracle, and he asked me to pray. So I prayed with all my heart. You know, Pastor, like we do. We prayed. And I just believed that God moved. You know what that guy said to me? He said, you know, I, I asked you to pray because you have faith. Now, I know when you pray, God, something happens. And this, this precious man said to me, he said, you know something? I served God a long time. I never had that before I came here. I learned how to put things in gear. I learned how to be an agent of change. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you go to it, there are dead churches. 
And God is going to, I believe, breathe into some of those, and others of them are going to close. And I love the body of Christ, but you got to get set on fire. There's certain restaurants I don't go to. We don't go to them because every time we go, we feel sick. We go there and we, you know, you, you eat the food. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, man, again. Why did I go there again? I tried to get out and he pulls me back in. I saw that before I was saved, okay? Some of you are like, saw what? Never mind. You can, you can go to a place. Listen, we went to a place a while back. I won't tell you where it was. And as we're eating, Pastor Karen finds a red, a red hair. And it was very unsightly. It was in her hummus. She remembers well. Be healed. When she was pulling that hair out, I'm just thinking, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. You know what I mean? Like you're hoping it's from someone's head, right? Okay, so I'm just serious. I'm being serious. And pulled that out. I'm like, ah, ah. And we realize, as we look back to the kitchen, there's the guy with a big, long red beard. And we went, praise God, it's a, it's a beard hair. But nonetheless, it's a terrifying experience. Guess how many times we've been back? Never. We never went back. And there are people that are connected to houses of worship and it's dead. It's twice pulled up from the roots. And there's no holiness, there's no purity, there's no prayer. And I'm just telling you, for those of you online, because obviously you're not here, we're like ankle deep. May we go over our head. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. When you get in a place where there's fire, you get in a place and there's life, it changes you. Transformation comes to you, your family, your babies, to your finances. The release of God's power comes. Proverbs says, he who wanders out of the way of understanding will rest in the congregation of the dead. And I've had people tell me, well, you know, I can't go to that church, you know, trying to encourage people in other locations. I can't go there. I can't go there because i got to stay faithful to my church. I'm all to being faithful, but if your church is dead, unless you get in the kitchen, you're still going to be eating hair, you know, hair in your food. You know what I'm talking about? You, I have to be careful because I felt like the Lord told me to say something, but to be very careful because it's his bride. I don't ever want to speak evil over any, and I'm not going to ever speak evil over any pastor, any leader. They belong to the Lord. They're his under shepherds. I get that. I, I get it. And we love the church. But even Paul talked about Alexander and Hymenaeus. He gave names of specific people. And there is absolute cults in this town and cults in this state. There is teachers and, and preachers that are not living right. Who are they? I, don't, I have no idea, except for some of the obvious ones that have theological problems. The cults, Jehovah's Witnesses, and Mormonism. And if you're offended right now, how about just look into the truth and go through a discover track and get planted in the hill? I'm telling you, all of the blessings of Ezekiel 34 are connected to the house of the Lord. I'm convinced I'm still married because I stayed in the house. 
I'm convinced I'm, I'm, I'm blessed like I am because I stayed in the house. I'm convinced my kids serve the Lord because I stayed in the house. I'm convinced that I'm not tormented and tweaked and, and wrung out and jacked up and messed up because somehow by a miracle of God, I stayed in the house. And I know so many people that did. And then I know so many casualties, needless casualties of war that feel like they can just... Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm part of the body of Christ. Never set down any roots. Never develop any accountability. They're just like, they're like a little wisp. Whee! They fly over here and have a little spiritual experience. Whee! Go over here and have some other little experience. And bop around and like that. Okay, there's evangelists. I'm not talking about that. And I'll also say that evangelists doesn't have a home church. I don't trust them. You have to have be connected to the hill. you got to be connected to God's house. And that's what this is talking about. Are you guys getting something? Verse 27, increase. Verse 27, safety. Increase. The trees of the field will yield their fruit. The earth shall yield their increase. Keys. They shall be safe in the land. They shall be what? Safe in the land. Man, what a promise for today. It's not the last pandemic we'll experience. It's not the last one and it's not the first one. They shall be safe in their land. They shall know that I am the Lord. I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. Slavery will be broken. What an amazing picture. Verse 30. They shall know that I am the Lord and I'm with them. The house of Israel, my people, I'm there. It's a deeper relationship. with. They shall know that I am the Lord. A lot of people believe in God, but not everybody has a deep relationship with Him. And listen, it's a lifetime. It's a lifetime. Going deep with God is a lifetime. You say, is there something I can experience? So, or pardon me, is there something that I can do to experience the outpouring? I saw when we were worshiping, it's unusual. It was over here. And um, I saw a pregnant woman in the most holy of ways. And across her belly, was the Alaska outpouring. Pregnant, I mean like full term. You know, all the ladies said, whoa, full term. Not, not, you know, not six months, full term. And I saw the Alaska outpouring. And it reminded me of, it reminded me of a prophetic word that Jim LaFoon gave years ago of a pregnant woman that had King's Cathedral and chapels across her belly, but she was so tired and so weary she couldn't push out any more babies. She'd come to the point of birth and was exhausted. It's a dangerous place, am I right? That could happen, isn't that right, Nurse Jan? It's the fastest part. That transition's hell, though, isn't it? I think we've been through transition. I think there's other ones to come, but I think we came through transition. I think that, I think that baby's in the canal. I think, I think the Alaska outpouring is just about here. And they'll be, it's sad, but some will miss it. The Montana outpouring. It's sad, but there will be people that'll miss it. They'll stay stuck in their apathy, stuck in lethargy, stuck 
eating food that makes them sick. They'll stay stuck in the intoxication of their apps on their phone, the sex, the money, the fame, the fortune. They'll stay stuck, intoxicated, or distracted, and miss. I don't want to miss what God has for me. I don't want to miss it. What about you? Some of you didn't register for the conference. You're like, I don't want to go to the conference. I'm going snow machining. I'm pretty sure you can snow machine on any other winter weekend. And I know that some weather is better than others. Oh, it's not the last conference we're going to have. But I, what, I do want to, what I do want to bring correction to is if you've lost your hunger for God, you better hurry up and get that back or you're going to miss on this birth of a great, a great outpouring. I believe all over the earth, it's not just here. I've heard reports. I've heard reports in Texas. I've heard reports in different states. I've heard reports in California. I've heard reports, people getting saved, people getting healed, people getting hungry, people getting desperate. It's time. Is there anything you can do? Yes. Number one, repent. Ask God to forgive you for being intoxicated. Repent. Believe and obey. You know, in 2 Kings 7, they're in a famine. And the prophet says, by this time tomorrow, it's all going to change. And one of the guys says, nah, I don't think so. Could that even happen if God opened the windows of heaven? And the prophet says, oh, it's going to happen, Holmes. <laughs> Except you ain't going to experience it. In fact, you're going to get killed. There are people, listen, the word of the Lord needs to be precious to you. Every day. Get excited about it. Stir yourself with the most holy of emotions and be a part of a great transformation. If your life is jacked up, it's not God's fault. So quit blaming Him. I had somebody tell me in that other hot place. I had somebody tell me, oh yeah, God made Satan. I said, oh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of people there. I said, uh, no, He didn't. Yeah, He did. I said, uh, no, He did. And He's like, I said, so let me help you. I'm going to help you right now. And I just told him, God didn't make Satan. God made Lucifer. God created Lucifer. That's the same thing. No, it is not. No, it's not. Lucifer, the star of the morning, was by most definitions a worship leader in heaven. It seems that he was created with pipes and timbrels and things in his physical being. You can see Isaiah 14 and then Ezekiel 28. Thank you. And you can see this Lucifer. And Lucifer said, I will ascend to the sides of the north. I will come like the most high God. And in that same moment, he was cast out of heaven. And he took a third of innumerable with him. Those we believe are demons. Some demons were sexually active actually with women. And were locked up in a special place called Tartarus. Go read First Peter if you think I'm preaching heresy. Go read First Peter. Similar, same sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. Fascinating passage. Maybe we'll preach it to you another time. And so, Lucifer 
when he's thrown out of heaven, then becomes Satan. Angry, vengeful, hates God, and wants to do everything he can to steal, kill, and destroy in your life, in mine, in the church, and he's been doing it for a millennium. And one day, one angel with one chain will wrap it around him and throw him in the lake of fire and it'll be over. But he, he was not created, Lucifer was created, but because of a free will, he chose to disobey God and became tormented. By the way, that dispensation's over. Angels don't get to choose anymore. That was sealed. Decisions made in eternity or fixed in eternity. That's why if you don't make a decision right now, before you die, when you die, you can't change your mind. It's over. You cross over to eternity. Turn it in hell or turn it in heaven, it's up to you. So I corrected this precious guy. And he's like, I said, yeah, I studied a little bit, you know. Some of you have misconceptions about God. Misconception. He loves you. Oh, he loves you. Oh, he loves you. He's merciful and kind and long-suffering. He cares for you. He's desperate, desperate for you. He, he so loves you. He so loves you. Oh, God so loves you that he sent his only son, his one and only son, to die on a cross for your sin and mine. You want to enter into the shift, to the change, to the outpouring, to the release of abundance and satisfaction and restoration. I'll restore all the years that the locusts have taken. The Lord says, I will restore all, all the years that the locusts have taken. You have lost much. But God is going to restore. As you connect to the hill, as you connect to the house for everybody now, as you connect, the blessings of God are connected to an on-fire, spirit-filled, Bible-preaching, teaching, Holy Ghost-filled church. The blessings of God. I'm not unashamed of saying it. I'm telling you, it's true. I've seen too much. I've seen, they're too long. And there are dead places that death is actually connected to. That God's trying to break through. Are you hearing me? If, if God didn't get us in this church, Pastor Karen, we didn't end up here. I'd have been dead. I know it. I know that I know. Or in jail permanently. Some of you are right on the edge of seeing the power and the blessing of God, the transformation of the Spirit, the light of His Word breaking into your home and your family. Go deeper. Get rid of the intoxication. Zip up your fly. Get on fire. Get on fire. Press in, fast, pray. Be a part of this birthing of the, the great Alaska outpouring. The church, the bride of Christ in the spirit is, is, is just pregnant with vision and pregnant with a precious outpouring. That's why I'm alive. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. That's why we're here. To see a great release of God's power. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.